We are so glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much in you and through you, and we would love to hear about it. Would you send us an email at shannon at hectorfirst.com to tell us your story? You can also go online and give to this ministry by going to hectorfirst.com and clicking the Give tab. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy the message. Forgive me this morning. Um, my brain does not seem to be cooperating with my mouth. Uh, words are not coming out the way that they are supposed to. Um, it normally does that. But you know what? If the Lord spoke through a donkey in the Old Testament, I think he can speak through my shaky mouth. Amen? <laughs> uh, hey, I have, a, I have a message this morning. Um, this is something I preached at a, at a, a conference Sometime last year, and I, I've been wanting to preach it here, but God never gave me the, the okay. Uh, I've preached some of it here and there. It's a, a, a common topic. I like that the Lord, I don't know why, I, I, he always has me preach similar things. Uh, there's a, always a reason for it. I know there is. Um, but this is a, the, the thing that I, it's not ironic, but it's funny to me. Um, talking about different seasons this morning, talking about going through seasons. And I preached this about three months before my dad got sick. And uh, when, I, when I preached this the first time, I was in a great place. <laughs> you know, every, everything was going really well. Uh, not that I'm not in a good place now. Anyways, but the, everything was going good. And then I preached this sermon, and then God was like, okay, yeah, let, let's practice what you preach. <laughs> let's put this into practice. And then not long after that, um, my family just kind of got hit with a, a couple, couple little punches there. My dad got sick. Uh, my grandpa had a couple strokes, and then a couple other stuff was going on, and uh, let me just say the Lord's faithful. Uh, God is good. Uh, even through all that, even, even looking back now in the moments when there was uncertainty, God was still good, uh, and he's good now today. Let me give you a, a little testimony about my dad. Um, if you don't know, he was diagnosed with a, a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma at the beginning of this year. At first, uh, the doctors were not very hopeful, uh, telling us that it was going to be stage four. Uh, telling us there wasn't much, didn't think, didn't know how much um, treatment would work and all these things. Uh, next week, my dad has his last chemo treatment. Uh, he will get to ring the bell. He's very excited about getting to ring the bell. Uh, and other than him losing his hair and uh, getting tired a lot, he hasn't had hardly any side effects to chemo. Uh, he likes his bald head, so, you know, we can't even really call that. He says he looks like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, so... <laughs> If you, if you happen to see him, just tell him he looks like the rock, and that'll really make his day. Uh, but God's been faithful through the whole process. Uh, he's, he's, my dad's doing really well after chemo. He'll have radiation. And uh, it's just been really cool to look back and see God's hand through that whole process, even in the midst of the unknowns uh, when we didn't know what was going to happen. It's cool to look back now and see how God had his hand through every, every, every part of it. Um, so I won't get into all that right now at this moment, but uh, thank you for praying for my dad. I know that a lot of you have been have been praying for him, and I, we appreciate those those prayers. Um, let, let me pray really quick before we before we jump into the word, uh, mainly for my sake. Um, but uh, you know, the word of God's already anointed. Uh, I my words are not anointed, but God's words are. And just uh, let me pray. 
Lord, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for the opportunity that, that we have to worship you, the opportunity to have to share your word. Pray that you would speak through me this morning. Let not a word I speak fall to the ground. God, your word is already anointed, but would you anoint my words? Uh, God, it's not my will, what I want to accomplish. It's not anything other than uh, all about you and bringing glory to your name. And in your name we pray. Amen. Uh, Psalm 27. Uh, you don't have to stand. I'm just going to read a, a couple of verses super quick. Uh, this is one of my favorite verses. This is one of my theme verses. I have it hanging up in my office. Uh, Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14 says this, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. And I, 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 uh, I, t I say it a lot. I'm not good at waiting. Waiting is not my strength. It's not, not something I'm good at. Uh, despite that, though, I really like seasons. Uh, talking about weather seasons, not life seasons. Uh, fall is my favorite uh, because you get the beautiful, beautiful leaves. Fall in Arkansas, well, this part of Arkansas with the trees, not with the flat land. I grew up in the Delta in West Memphis, and it's just cornfields. So fall means nothing there except for mosquitoes. Uh, well, end of fall, whatever. Uh, but fall here, and then when I was living in, I went to Evangel in Springfield, Missouri. Fall there was absolutely beautiful. You had all the different colors. Uh, the bad thing about fall, though, is immediately following the pretty season is winter. And it's dead and dry. And in Springfield, Missouri, it's freezing cold. I went to uh, my first year of college. Uh, there's just like in the dorm that I stayed at, and then the cafeteria, it was like a long walk, and it was like this tunnel. We called it the wind vortex, because if it was any, even like slightly the wind was blowing just a little bit, it was like 57,000 miles per hour in that little tunnel. That was a little bit dramatic, but it was so cold uh, in the winter there, especially when the wind was blowing. But what I like about seasons is no matter how hot it is in the summer or how cold it is in the winter, you are guaranteed that that season's not going to last forever. Right? That's just the fact of nature. No matter how terrible the season, if you hate fall, well, congratulations, in Arkansas tomorrow might be winter. <laughs> the, the, the good thing about seasons is it's not guaranteed to last forever. You know it's going to end eventually. Something's always right around the corner. The, the thing about the dead, dry seasons, the wintry where there's no leaves and everything looks gross and dead and there's nothing there. You know that eventually, right after that dead, dry season, is going to be a very beautiful, fruitful season. That's a fact of nature. When, when something dies, when the, the leaves die, eventually they'll grow again. And they'll be very pretty. And then maybe it'll go through another dead season. It's, it's naturally what comes next in the seasons of fruitfulness. It's just a matter of waiting. If you can wait the dead and drying seasons, you're going to see a fruitful season eventually. Look, no matter what dead or dry or waiting season you are in right now, let me flip it over and make it biblical, you can rest assured that the same God who preps the flowers to bloom, the trees to bloom, and commands the seasons to change is the same God that's prepping you in this season of waiting. And he's not just a passive God either. He's a God that watches and waits for you and has, orchestrates even the ugly, dead, drying seasons He's not, he's not a, a stand to the side and hands off kind of God. He's an in the trenches with you kind of God. 
He's a walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death kind of God. He's a near to the brokenhearted kind of God. He's a never leave you or never forsake you kind of God. He's a, I'm not I'm going to turn this around for your good and for your glory kind of God. He's a beauty for ashes kind of God. He's a God who sees, a God who hears, a providing kind of God, a healing God, a restoring. He's a God of all hope, a God of all peace, the God of all joy. And he's a God that is worth waiting on. He's a God that if you will just give him time, and if you will just open your eyes to see, and as hard as that is, if you'll just take a second and look back at what he's brought you from, brought you to, you can see how he's been working every season of your life for his glory. Even in the waiting, even in the dryness, even in the death, you can look back and see the evidence that his glory and his goodness was on display through every season that you've walked through. Even if it doesn't feel like you're right now, eventually, I, I can, there is not a lot I can guarantee, but I can guarantee that if you wait on God, that's what scripture says, if you wait on God, you're going to see his goodness. You're going to see the evidence that he's been working all along, that he had his hand on you all along. I can look back now in the times where I wasn't even following Jesus. When I outwardly looked really good, but my heart was so rebellious, I can look back and see how his hand was guiding me and how his goodness was, was going before me and how his mercy was close behind me. I can look back and I see the fingerprints of God every, over every decision that I made, every closed door, every open opportunity. I can see the goodness of God even in the dead and dry and, and, and waiting seasons. And the thing I love about seasons is they'll, they'll end eventually. That's a fact of nature. To me, the waiting's the hardest part. It's not necessarily the season itself, it's the waiting. You, if you tell me that I have to go through something, but you give me an give me a end time. Like, Mackenzie, you have to go without Taco Bell. That's my old faithful. I always go to Taco Bell. If you, you have to go without something good for 25 days. I can see that, like, the, the, there's something about knowing it's going to end. That's like, okay, 24 days now. Okay, 23 days. You give me an end goal. I'm like, I'm good. I can press on. I know when I'm going to get to the end. I can, it, it still stinks. I still don't like it, but I can, I can press on. But it's the not knowing. It's the, the not knowing when or if or how it's going to end. That's the hardest part to me. It's the not knowing of, okay, is this, is this a forever season? Is this a thorn in my side type of thing? Is this something that I'm just going to have to deal with? Is this something that, that God's going to get me through now or like 20 years from now? Just give me, give me some type of knowing. The, un, the not knowing, that's the hardest part to me. That, I don't know the, the season and the way that sounds a little redundant, but seasons are, seasons are hard. And there are some seasons that, I, that I've gone through, that I've walked through, that I would never, you couldn't pay me enough to walk through them again. Being a teenager, you could not pay me enough to go back and be a teenager right now. Not even when I, like, back in, back in the day, when I was a teenager. But right now, living, living in the world that we're living in with all the mess that these teenagers have to go through, the things that they have to deal with, you couldn't pay me enough money to go back and be, I love you guys, and I support you, and that's why I, you know, I believe in you. And I, I don't envy what you have to deal with. I really don't. I really don't. You couldn't pay me enough to go back and live through that season. There are some seasons that I really enjoyed. I'm not a mom, but I am an aunt, uh, the cool aunt, uh, some might say. I might say I'm the one who says that. 
my, my nieces and my, and my nephews call me Kiki. Um, I don't know, that was unimportant to the story. I just wanted to tell you that. And uh, when Grizzly was a little baby, I love that season. He was so cute and cuddly. He's still cute and cuddly. He's three. But the little baby season, I'd go back and live that all over again. He was so sweet, even when he threw up on me. It was just the cutest little vomit, and his dirty diapers were just so precious. And, you know, <laughs> maybe not cute, but it was sweet. <laughs> Anyways, let me move on from that. that. That's a season that I would go back and, and, and live again. Uh, the seasons of, of, of sports, I loved those seasons. When I played high school sports, I don't miss high school, but I miss being in shape to play sports. <laughs> That's what I miss. <laughs> There are some seasons that, that you, I, I would not go back and live through. There are some spiritual seasons that I've gone through that were not fun, and I would not go back. There are some lessons that God taught me in seasons that I value the lessons. I value what the attributes of God that I learned in those seasons. I value the fact that I know that God's a healer, but I don't envy the seasons that I had to go through to learn that lesson. I value the fact that I know that God is a redemptive God, but I do not want to go back to the seasons when I had to learn why, how I know that God's a redemptive God. There are some seasons that are just, you know, don't sign me up again. <laughs> it's not me saying no to God, but I'll, whatever. It's walking through the valleys that we're able to learn the true character of our creator. Like I said, I know God to be a provider because of different seasons and different valleys that I've walked through. I've seen God time and time again miraculously where it seemed like there was no possible way for God to financially or for us to financially get through. God was a provider. I, I know God to be a healer because I have seen him time and time again be a healer for me and my family. I know I've told the story of my sister all the time, but she's a walking testimony of the fact that God is a healing God. Born at, at 29 weeks with cancer, a tumor on her, on her stomach, underdeveloped lungs. Doctors told my parents that she would not survive, and if she did survive, she would be severely uh, delayed, and she would probably never walk or talk or do anything on her own. She's 24 years old and doesn't have any issues. She's a walking testimony of the healing and the goodness of God. I know God to be a healer because of moments like that. I know God to, God to be a deliverer because of the things he's delivered me from. Things that I had got myself bound up in, things that I had tied to me, God delivered me from. And I know him personally to be a deliverer because, deliverer because of those moments. I know God to be a friend because of the times that I needed a friend. And he was there. He was closer than any brother. I know God to be a redeemer because of the times he's redeemed my past for his glory. I know these things about God because of different seasons that I've walked through. And it's, in, it's not in the necessarily the triumphal of that season, it's the waiting period where God has revealed his hand to me, his heart to me in those seasons. It's not necessarily the seasons that are hard for me, it's the waiting. Because I know the season's going to end eventually. Even if you, I don't have a timeline, I know that it will end eventually. And I know that God's a man of his word and that he's going to come through. It's not the tough seasons that are the most difficult to walk through. It's the waiting and the unknowns that are difficult. It's the unknowns of I know God can and I know that he will, but how and when? Most of the time it's not necessarily a doubt in God. It's a doubt that he remembers us. Okay, God, I'm, I'm still here. It's a doubt that, that he will. 
that God, I know you're a healer, but are you going to take this from me now? Or do I have to pray a little bit more? Or, God, I, I know that you're a provider. Are you going gonna to provide now where it's comfortable? Are you going to make me sweat a little bit? I know that you can, but can you tell me when? Look, faith says God can. Hope says God will. I feel like this statement right here is the life of Abraham. That's how it could be categorized. Simply by this, this thought that faith says God can and hope says God will. Abraham was 75 when he first received a promise from God. This is Genesis 12. He had a wife named Sarah. She was barren. She was childless, couldn't have, couldn't have kids. Yet the promise he received from God was, you're going to be a great nation, and I'm going to give your offspring this land. Here's, here's Abraham. No kids, sat 75. His wife's not able to have kids. And, and God's promise to him is, your kids are going to be a great nation. You're going to have lots of kids and your offspring and all these things. And that's a, that is a bold promise. That is a bold promise. It's not like God just told him once. God told him multiple times that Abraham was going to be, his, his offspring were going to be a great nation. Abraham was reminded constantly of the promise of God. And side note, God didn't have to say it multiple times. It's not like you, he had to be reminded of his own promise. This is the same God that at just the command of let there be light, he spoke to the void and the world was ex in existence. Like just at the mention of his voice or his, at, at, the, at his word, his voice, his words, it's the very authoritative vice that he used to speak everything into an existence. He only has to say it once and it's going to be done. And all it takes is him, him saying it. He's already given you the promise. He doesn't have to say it over and over again. And like, okay, he said it five times. Woo, that's good. No, he just got to say it one time. We know that Abraham genuinely believed God uh, would come through on his, on his promise because the Bible tells us in Genesis 15, chapter, or chapter 15, verse 6, it says, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. See, Sarah had a harder time with the belief than Abraham did. Sarah heard God say, you're going to make a great, you're going to, your offspring are going to be a great nation. And Sarah tried to meet it in her own way. She gave Abraham Hagar, her servant, and said, okay, here, this is how you're going to, this is how God's promise is going to be fulfilled. And, and just a side note really quick, Hagar gave birth to, to Ishmael, and then Sarah got jealous of Hagar and like sent her away, which, you know, not cool, Sarah. <laughs> But anyways, in Hagar's dry season, when Hagar was sent away, that's when, in that waiting season for her, that's when she became, became to know God as El Roi, the God who sees. No matter how outcast or how broken or far apart you may feel, God sees you in the midst of your season. He's El Roi, the God who, God who sees. 25 years Abraham waited on God. 25 years. It's a long time to wait for something. Genesis chapter 17, God promised Abraham again at 99 years old that he and Sarah would give birth to a son. Let me just say, um, I love how when God shows his, uh, his like, you know, we are God-breathed, right? We are, we are made in the likeness of God. I love when God shows us the quote-unquote human side of him because he gets real sassy in this part because God, uh, God sees Sarah laugh at the fact that she's going to have a baby. And God's like, all right name your kid laughter. <laughs> Anyways, that's just really sassy to me. And I also relate to Sarah who gets in trouble for laughing at an inappropriate time because that's my life. I get in trouble for laughing at uh, inappropriate times all the time. Let me get back to what I need to talk about. <laughs> 25 years Abraham waited. 
It wasn't an if God can for Abraham. It was when God will. Here's what I think a lot of times we forget about about Abraham and Isaac and, and Sarah. Abraham was not just promised Isaac. He wasn't just promised a son. He was promised that his his uh, ancestors, that his offspring would outnumber the stars. See, Isaac was just the start of the fulfillment of the promise. It wasn't just say, okay, you're going to give birth to the son, and that's it. No, it was, gonna, it's, it was your offspring are going to be numerous. So in Genesis 22, when God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, the son that he's waited for, the, the fulfillment of his promise, that, that makes things a little more complicated when you, when you remember that part of it. That it was through Isaac that God was going to fulfill Abraham's promise. And I think that that's why Abraham had such faith in God, trust in God, that he was going to provide. Because he remembered that God didn't just say, you're going to have a son. He said, you're going to have many offspring. And so Abraham, remembering God's promises and remembering that God's a man of his word, had full confidence that God could and he would show up and provide he had full confidence that he could. It was just a matter of when he would. I can just imagine how difficult the journey up that mountain for Abraham and Isaac must have been, especially for Abraham remembering the promise of God, yet knowing that he had to be obedient to God at the same time. Isaac asking him, okay, Dad, where's the sacrifice? And, and Abraham having to know in his mind it was him, but still assuring his son that God would provide. If I were Abraham, my preference would be as soon as I started the journey up the mountain, there would be the provision, right? Because I, I want the easy way out sometimes. He was obedient, and that's all it took, right? Like, okay, God, I'm obedient now. Now give me, give, me, give me the answer. But that's not what it was for Abraham. It says, the Bible says that Abraham got, and he laid Isaac on the altar. And he was about to be obedient to the Lord right there. He's about to sacrifice his son. Sometimes it takes us being obedient every step of the way and not just the start of obedience. I can just imagine the, the journey up the mountain. Abraham believing with everything inside of him that God could provide. Not sure of how, not sure of when, but waiting because he knew God was a promise keeper. He knew that God was a man of his word. He knew the promise God gave him. And he had full confidence that God was who he, who he said he was. Every step closer, believing God could, but trying to see how. I, can, I, just, I, just, I just imagine Abraham listening for this, the faintest like, bleat of a goat. I don't know, do goats bleat? What, of a goat, whatever. I don't know what noise goats make. Something. <laughs> I need to work on my animal noises. <laughs> The waiting in the in-between of I know God can, but when? I know God can, but how? That's the hardest place to be because it's not doubt, but you have to hold on to the faith, which is the confidence of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's a lot easier to believe something when you can see it. It's a lot easier to hold on to something when you can physically see how it's going to work out. I have faith that when I cross a bridge, everything's going to be good because I see the support underneath. But if I'm about to drive my car into the abyss, I don't have a lot of faith that I'm not just going to crash right down into the 
open abyss. I don't know. It's the seeing of the bridge that I see the support that I know that it's easier for me to have faith that it's going to work for me. It's in the waiting that your faith is tested. I imagine that's where a lot of us may be right now. Walking through whatever season that you're walking through, just waiting for God, waiting for healing, waiting for provision, waiting for a redemption of a marriage, or, or waiting for a baby, or waiting for a new job, waiting for the prodigal to return home, waiting for an answer, waiting on God in the unknown is difficult. Knowing that God is able, just unable to see how or when, not doubting God, but questioning the timing. Can I tell you this? Waiting on God is one of the best places you could be also. Isaiah 40 tells us that when we wait on the Lord, that's when our strength is renewed. You may get tired of running through the valley, but it's in the valley of the shadow of death that you can know that he's with you, Psalm 23, and that his rod and his staff are comforting you. And you may want it to be over. You may want to just get out of the season that you're in. But when you wait on the Lord, you're not going to grow weary. You're not going to get faint. You can wait in expectation because Psalm 40 reminds us that when you wait patiently on the Lord, he's going to turn to you and hear your cry. And it says, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and out of the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. My, many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Why? Because you waited patiently for the Lord. God likes to make me wait. I think it's because he knows I don't have a lot of patience. You know how when you pray for something and then God's like, doesn't just give it to you. He gives you opportunities to practice. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You ask for self-control, then people just really make you angry. God likes to make me wait. He likes to, he likes to give us opportunities <laughs> to lean on him a little bit more. Give you opportunities to, to be reminded who he is. Give you opportunities to be reminded of his, of his guidance, of his provision, of his healing. We're, we're very blessed with, with my dad when in his sickness. We didn't have to wait very long. I, I, here's, let me step aside really quick and say, I don't know why God does the way that he does sometimes. He's God. He can, he's, he's a good God. He's a good father. I don't know why he gives answers to some people and not to others. I do know that God is good despite anything that happens. As I mentioned earlier, even, earlier, even in the, the, the about a month and a half we went with not having answers for my dad, God was still good, and he was still close, and he was still near. And my dad had resolved in his heart from the very beginning that no matter what happened, God was still good and he was still going to praise. But there's about a, a month and a half from January 4th was when my dad first had his first issue and he went to the doctor to February, the mid-February mid, mid when he got his, his, his diagnosis. It was about, about, about in that time frame, 
of waiting that was particularly, that's a hard word, difficult for me. And it wasn't necessarily that it was my battle because my dad was the sick one and my mom was the one who was there every day. But it was the, the unknown. And I think what was so made it more difficult for me was at the very beginning, January 1st, the 1st of January, I'd prayed and was praying for the new year. Can the worship team, y'all go ahead and come up here for me. And I felt like God gave me a word for our family, my 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 life that year, and it was a very positive, hopeful thing. It was talking about fruitfulness and, and going through seasons and all these things. And then like three days later, God asked us to walk through this very difficult season. And it wasn't that God changed his mind about the word he gave me. I think it was more that he was going to teach me that lesson in a different way than I wanted. You hear, you hear fruitfulness and you think, oh, yes, this is going to be great. <laughs> but in order to get to, to be fruitful, if you're, I don't know a lot about gardening, but I do know if you're going to plant something, it takes some disrupting of the soil to plant it in the ground and for it to be able to f- be fruitful. And I think that, that me especially, sometimes we get in our mind the promises of God and we know exactly, we know how we want him to fulfill those promises. We know how we want, we want to see that come to pass, but God's got different plans. We may order our steps, but God's plans are higher, right? He likes to make me wait. Waiting's not easy. And it's, it's like I was saying earlier, it's easier for me if I can see the end goal, but still then it's not easy having to walk through difficult seasons. Waiting on God requires sacrifice, like Abraham and Isaac. See, the Bible doesn't talk a whole lot about their journey, the journey that they took to the mountain to sacrifice Isaac, other than that Abraham's confidence was in that God would provide. But I can imagine throughout the entire journey, Abraham was reminding himself how faithful God has been to him. I can imagine with every step he was reminding, okay, God, God came through for me in this way. God came for me through for me in this way. I've seen him do this before, and I've seen him do this before, so I know that he can provide again. It's a, I'm sure Abraham was constantly reminding himself how God has been faithful. I imagine as Abraham was walking through this particular season up the mountain, he didn't understand and he couldn't comprehend. But I imagine the cry of his heart sounded a lot like Psalm 40 when he said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he heard my cry. Waiting on God requires an uncomfortable praise, a lot like Paul and Silas. I I imagine the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what the praise was that they sang. They were locked up in chains, but I imagine it was a lot like Psalm 27. I'm confident of this. I can imagine Paul looking at Silas and saying, I'm confident of this, that I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I can imagine Silas reminding Paul of all the things that, that they'd seen God do before, holding steadfast to the, their, that their God was a promise keeper, a God who made a way, a God who was confident, one that you could lean on, 
Waiting on God requires trust in his timing like the three Hebrew boys sat Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Unwilling to bow to the norm of society, unwilling to give in to what was easy and convenient, unwilling to waver in the face of uncertainty. They had a faith that said God can, a hope that said God will, and they had a trust that said I will praise him still. My friends, I don't know exactly what season you may be in or what you may be waiting for in this season, but I do know this, that I can remain confident that I will see, that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If you just wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for your God. See, our God is a God who is faithful. He is a God who is worth waiting on. And if you keep on waiting in hope, keep on waiting in expectation, it may not be now. It may not be in your timing. Oh, but God's going to show up, and he's going to renew your strength, if you, and he's going to keep you from being weary. If you will just keep on waiting for God in hopeful expectation. I don't know what season you're in, but I know this. I can sing the testimony of this, that I waited patiently for the Lord. Psalm 40, he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and out of the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. not a lot that I am sure of. There's not a lot of things that I'm confident in. But one thing I am absolutely confident in is the goodness of God. I am absolutely confident in the fact that God is who he says he is. I am absolutely confident in the fact that if you keep on waiting and if you can look back, you will see the evidence of his goodness. I am confident of it, not because people have told me, but because I have witnessed it myself. I have walked through it myself. I have walked through the valleys and the seasons, and I have been in, in areas where I desperately needed God to show up, and he did because he is a good God. He's a faithful father. He's a friend that's closer than any brother, and if you will just keep waiting in hopeful expectation, I am absolutely confident that you will see the goodness of God because the word tells it, and if the word says it, that's what you can be sure is true. Stand with me. Look, I, I'm not naive. I'm not, I'm not a person that thinks that, that you, when you pray, your, magic, your problems just magically go away. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that even in the, the darkest seasons that I've walked through, as terrible as they were, it was a lot easier knowing that I had God on my side. It was a lot easier knowing that I had a good father looking out for me. It was a lot easier knowing that eventually I would get through the end and be able to look back through the terrible things that I'd walked through and see the evidence of his goodness, the evidence of his mercy. When you hold an expe hopeful expectation of who God is, 
and what he's done before and what he's able to do. It makes the waiting a little bit more bearable. It doesn't take the pain of the season away. It doesn't take the, 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 the hurt of what's, what's going on away. But it's like a, a, a jump start for, for your heart, for your hope. Gives you something to believe in, something to hold on to, something to remain confident of. Psalm 40 again. I know I've read it like 25 times, but I just want us to can we just grab a hold of that this morning? It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. I waited patiently for the Lord. And then he heard and he tur turned and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud, and out of the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth and a hymn of praise to our God. And my prayer for you this morning is that the song, that the new song he puts in your, in your mouth sounds like this one right here. Can we just respond to the faithfulness of God this morning? Come on, can we sing that? Can we declare this out? God, all my life you have been faithful. you may be walking through right now. Maybe you're on the other side of a season where you can look back now and sing this song with joy in your heart because you know God's been faithful. Or maybe you're walking through a season right now and songs like this are difficult for you to sing because you don't see the goodness of God where you're at. My prayer and my hope for you this morning is that you will, you will have a, a, this psalm, this song as a declaration in faith that no matter what you walk through, no matter the season that you may be in, that you're going to be able to see the goodness of God. You're going to be able to see His faithfulness, His mercy on display. There's something about holding on to that, 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 that promise and hopeful expectation, even if you don't see it, declaring it out over who God is and what He's done in the past. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If He's come through for you before, He can do it again. And he's no respecter of persons, so if he did it for me, he can do it for you. I just have a very simple response altar call this morning. If you need to be reminded of the goodness and the faithfulness of God, if you're walking through a season right now, 
you're in the waiting and you need to be encouraged or you just need prayer, I'm going to ask you when she starts singing this again to come to the front. We'll pray for you. We'll lift you up. But if not, we're just going to take a couple of minutes and just declare over our situation and sing out then, declare the faithfulness of God that he has been good through every season. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you, God. I pray that you would speak to our situations, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds. God, would you remind us who you are? In your name we pray. If you need prayer, would you come to the front? We'll pray with you. If not, we're just going to take a couple minutes and declare the faithfulness of God.